Michelle, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to uh, speak with us at Greater Than Zero. Um, you are the executive director for Imagine Englewood If. Yes. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about yourself, about your organization, and about where you see the future of Imagine Englewood If and um, all the other programs that you guys are doing. So yeah. thank you for your time again. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I guess to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself. About me? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Get excited, right? Yes. I am born and raised in the Inglewood community. Mm -hmm. I am the ninth of 10 children. Wow, yes. Yes, my dad is a Vietnam veteran. Wow. And it was an experience growing up in Inglewood, of course. Um, I can say a lot of things. I could talk about the beautiful summer times that I've had. I can explain, you know, my neighbors teaching me how to ride my bike. But then I also can share about, you know, one of my first childhood memories is literally being caught in a drive-by. Mm -hmm. And I was just someone who could from a very young age understand right from wrong and really wanted to stay on the right path <laughs> from things that I saw. And having grown up with so many siblings, Eight. I, yeah, nine, <laughs> nine yeah, growing up right. with nine siblings, you know, attention was there, but not as much as you would probably want as a young girl. And so I realized I got a lot of attention in school if I was a really good student. And so I was always reading. I remember one summer I like went to summer school for fun because it was it was something to do. There wasn't summer camps around me. There wasn't different programs that I could right. go to. Like I literally went to summer school for fun to do something. <laughs> not many people could say that. <laughs> no, they cannot. <laughs> And I went to an elementary school that is, the building is there, but it's um, no longer the name. Mm. It's, it's where the monetary school at Inglewood currently is. But at the time that I went there was Vernon Johns Community Academy. And it was rough. I remember not doing certain classroom assignments because only half the class could get the books one day and the other class, other half would get them the next day. I remember eating lunch in my classroom because we were too unruly to go to the actual cafeteria. There was no recess. Yeah. It was very, honestly, when I look back on it, it felt like child prison to yeah. some extent. There was a lot of educators in there who poured so much into the young people with the resource that they had, but it was definitely not the learning experience um, that probably would have been ideal mm -hmm. for the group of youth who were all the time, all of us going through traumatic experiences, but not having that name for it. Right. Um, but thankfully, um, I left there, graduated valedictorian, eighth grade, Ooh. and I went on to Limbo Math and Science Academy. And it was at the time when the school had just went through $45 million renovation. So you have this wow. selective enrollment school that's now in West Inglewood, the west side of the neighborhood. And we were the first class to open school. And so it was an experience, right? You, I come from this elementary school experience where it's like we barely have <laughs> books to high school experience where we have everything. $45 million and worth exactly, of Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it was a challenge. It was very rigorous. I remember myself as well as folks who 
kind of grew up around me, we were always like struggling academically. And I just graduated <laughs> valedictorian. Like, what's going on? But Liverpool was so awesome. They had amazing teachers who just went above and beyond to make sure we stayed on track. And my senior year of high school, I had a history teacher come to me. And she came to me because despite being located in Inglewood, uh, Lynn Bloom's percentage of students who actually live in the area is, has always been low, um, especially is low now being a selective enrollment. Um, but she came to me and she said, hey, there's an organization that's taking a group of high school students to D.C. to talk to congressmen about issues within the community. And you're from Inglewood. I think you're awesome. And I said, no, Ms. Myers, <laughs> no, I don't know what you're trying to set me up for, but this doesn't seem right. Oh and she was like, no, I think you should try. I think you should check them out. And so I had to meet with um, a, a lady named Anise. I'm laughing because I talk to her like every other day now. <laughs> but I had to meet with this lady named Anise. And she wanted to know, like, you know, was I comfortable traveling? Like, what are some issues in the community? At the same time, I'm thinking, like, What's going on? Like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. But I've always been someone, my parents taught me, you take advantage of opportunity, yeah. right? And so I went on this trip to D.C. Uh, we got to talk to congressmen, expressing our concerns as young people about the gun violence in our area, about lead poisoning, about all the abandoned homes and vacant mm -hmm. lots that we had to walk past when we were walking to school. Uh, we got to tour Howard University, mm -hmm. which was pretty awesome. And then all the beautiful um, different museums and, and art and culture structures that are in Washington, D.C. And so when I graduated, so that organization was imagining what if. Yep. That organization was imagining what if. And so I, I stayed connected to the organization um, through for the remaining part of my high school, for that spring and for that summer. And graduated with 300 hours of community service. End up going to Howard University, living wow. in D.C. for five years. Wow. So I think it's safe to say <laughs> that I, I changed my life. Yeah. I, I changed my life. I had every intention of leaving this community behind mm. and everybody in it behind. And it's funny because um, the year before traveling to D.C. with Imagine What If, I did a beating the odds story with ABC7 because I had studied abroad in China. What? And so in the interview, I like I, I can't find it on Google now. Thank God. Yeah. But <laughs> in the interview, it literally says I literally said, like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving everybody in my dust. Something like that. Yeah. And I feel like God was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> God said, oh, yeah. Different plan for you that you didn't and know about. And then I met Ms. Jean Carter-Hill, the founder of Imagine What If. And to see the passion that she had for this community, it really made me stop and go, wait, why don't I feel like that about where I live? And to see how literally any dollar that she had or where we had programming, like she let us stay so late, like she poured so much into us. And I'm like, wait, this woman doesn't know us. Like yeah. people do this, like what do you, why? Yep. And yep. I just, she just planted a seed in me to care about people that look like me, always remember the younger version of myself. And I always remember to give back to where I came from. And eventually I like loot back around. So when I left college, <laughs> I tried to do the corporate thing and yeah. <sighs> didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out yeah. uh, because at the time, 2016, I don't know if you remember the numbers is almost similar 
I don't want to say it's similar to what's happening now, but 2016 was insane. Like every other day I knew somebody was, who was being shot and or killed. And here I am going down to my corporate job, right? Going downtown to the loop. But then it was also the time where, you know, police brutality and the fight against it was rising in this country. So the Black Lives Matter, um, Chicago was rising. And so like I worked in a building that was right across the street from City Hall. And so I got to see it all. And I'm just like tearing, you know, from the 17th floor. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah. go. But then it was just the week that Alton Sterling and Philandro, Philando Castile were killed and I couldn't take it anymore. I think inside, I just, I was felt like I was gonna explode. I couldn't just cheer from the window anymore. I had to do something because I'm in a predominantly white office and it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't, a, I didn't feel comfortable really expressing how I truly felt on inside. I didn't feel like people would understand it. If, if, if that was the truth, then we would be talking about it in the office, right? But it, was, it wasn't a space that I felt like I was meant to be in. And so I quit. Yeah. And I started rebuilding my block club because that's the people that I knew I grew up with. Some of the folks you know, who helped raise me were you know, now becoming seniors. Like I wanna make sure they're good. I wanna take care of them. I volunteered with the Alderman's office, Alderman David Moore of 17th Ward. And, um, you know, just networking my butt off. That's what Howard taught us. Like, you know, networking is next to breathing. Um, and so I just was talking to a lot of folks. And then, you know, I met Aisha Butler from the Resident Association of Greater Inglewood. Um, I went from being this part-time coordinator um, to being the first, really first staff member for RAGE, um, up until program manager. But at the same time, I was still connected to II because I just left corporate jobs. So I didn't really have any money, right? right? So I was working like three different program coordinator positions, right? right? But I was just, I had all this energy. I was ready, you know, boots on the ground. And so at the same time working with Rage, I was also a program manager for Imagine What If, running the same program that I was once a part of. And so when the executive director decided to move um, to Texas after the loss of her husband, the board was like, hey, Michelle. <laughs> and I was 25. I was 25 at the time. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going on. Like, it felt almost similar to high school when it's like, you want me to go do what in D.C.? So it's like, you want me to be an executive director? I don't, I'm just, what? Yeah. And I said, yes, because opportunity, yeah. opportunity was in my face and I knew God was with me. So I just said, all right, let's do it. And that was in 2017? Yeah, it was 2017. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you noticed, but I have a Hamilton hat on it. And what you're saying about taking advantage of opportunities reminds me of not throwing away your shot. Just like ah. every time something comes up, just taking advantage of it. So yeah. it's, it's really cool. So do you know the, the history of IEI? It, I did a little bit of research on the website, but it, I, was it founded in 1999 or around 2000? or? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's founded. It's been around for longer than some of the organizations. You know I've, what? I've what is what does founded really yeah. mean, right? <laughs> 1997 is right. the year. Really, that was the year that the idea was birthed. Uh, the founders of the organization, Ms. Jean Carter Hill and Ms. Helen Massey, went to um, these leadership workshops at Imagine Chicago. And so they said, you know, they were learning these different things about getting folks civically engaged, advocacy, organizing. And they said, we can teach these things in our neighborhood, right? And so they brought these things back 
Um, and so it went from Imagine Chicago to Imagine Inglewood if, and, you know, left that to be a lot of different possibilities because, you know, the community at, at that time was facing a lot. But, you know, now, as we know, decades of disinvestment, back-to-back school closures, thousands of vacant lots, some of them city-owned, right? Gun violence, community violence, issues on issues to the fact that you literally, you have to use your imagination to think of what you want this community to be. And then the idea of II is to prepare or give youth and, and families and residents the skills to become their own advocates for what they wanna see this community to be. Okay, so it's IEI is a platform engaging, like you mentioned, youth and communities to be flexible with what the greatest priority and needs are of that community and Mm. focusing on that and just providing resources or... Exactly, exactly. We do a lot, but you just (laughs) summed it up really good. (laughs) Okay, okay, good, good. No, this is is kind of what... The website shows a little bit yeah. too, because I know there's a focus on youth specifically. True, so. and so and and, and what well, something that I live by that I also would like to believe Miss Hill lived by was that you have to invest in youth. Um, Frederick Douglass has a quote that goes, "Is better to build strong children than to repair broken men." Yep. Like, of course, you you don't want to forget anybody and say, "Oh, we can't fix those people," but if you if you truly want to see a community a city, a nation change, you have to invest in the generation, right? You have to instill skills in them and give them the opportunity and the possibility so that that when they rise up as um, adults, that they have all this enrichment inside of them. And so that is exactly what we do at Imagine What If. Like right now, we run, are running a summer camp. And people look at us, we're like, a real one? Yes, we're running a, a real summer camp. And the kids are having so much fun. They're having so much fun. Some people, uh, of course, when we have our after school program, we're focusing more on academics and different science experiments and things like that. But summer is is about fun. It's about creating childhood memories. Right. And we wanted to make sure that the youth were able to experience that after having a year, a year that has been so unfair to them. And this this community has been so unfair to children. We're seeing it in the news these days to the fact that children are literally being shot and killed. There's a one-year-old shot and killed a block away from where we are right now. This is not the the world that we want our children to to, um, live in. And so, you know, in addition to having safe places for young people to come after school or come during the summer, we are literally building strong children. Um, the program that I was a part of was the Growing Citizen Leaders Program, and it's a teen leadership program that enhances the communication, critical thinking, and leadership skills of young people between the ages of 13 and 18. And we've developed it in a way where there's two tracks. You go on the teen mentor track where you really enhance your facilitation skills, working mm-hmm. with children, mentoring skills as a high schooler, right? Because we realize who are gonna be our future teachers and program coordinators? Who's gonna run these programs? We're not gonna wait for people to figure it out. We're going to train young people to do that. And then on the other end, we have our teen leaders, which they are focused more on um, who are the power players in the community? Like if you have concerns about this abandoned building next to your house, who would you contact? Mm-hmm. Like what departments in the city do you need to know about to, to fix some issues so that they, this group can become our next alderman, can become our next state representatives, can become our next principals and police officers, 
right? So we are really building strong children yeah. at Imagine Guido. Yeah, that's that's great. That's amazing. Those are some great stories. So I also saw on your website that you had, um, uh, I think Englewood Strong was a recent mm-hmm. um, project that you guys did. How, yeah, Do you project. want to talk a little bit? <laughs> yeah, project. <laughs> 2020, 20, every month of 2020 has topped the last. New curveballs right. every day. So May 31st, uh, the, the streets of Inglewood were filled with people who were presented with opportunities um, in a neighborhood that has often neglected them. And hasn't had summer programs. Right, exactly. Yet. <laughs> right. And so you you had people that were looting in the area, breaking into stores, taking what they could. Like I said, everybody has their opinion about that. But I saw yeah. people who were presented with an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we woke up June 1st and there was no stores, no gas stations, the corner stores that most people visit every single day to get whatever little groceries they do get from them, the clothes, major groceries, Whole Foods clothes, all these clothes, Walmart clothes. And it was shocking, even for me doing this work, that we were just left yeah. to in whatever we were left in. Mm-hmm. And we had to do something. It's always, it has always been about, we have, imagine what if, if you know the founder of the organization, she was like, she was a, just a legend. Like she was a fighter. Like we're, you're, we're not gonna just sit back and allow grocery stores to be closed. And, that, and that's like literally exactly what I thought about um, when I, I paired up with some community partners to begin to collect donations. I'm like, we don't have grocery stores. We're gonna come to grocery stores. <laughs> that's what it was. We're gonna come to grocery stores. And it was insane the amount of donations that we received. Within that first week we received over $25,000 in donations. And in in in-kind donations, well over 50,000 of people just drop. And I'm talking about, they're coming from all different parts of the city of Chicago and and outside of Chicago. (laughs) And I'm like, how far did you drive? And it's like, oh my God, thank you so much. But it was like, Inglewood finally received the love that it deserved. Like we were finally seen. And it wasn't really a, oh, let me go help these poor folks over here. It was just like, this isn't right. And what's happening in this country isn't right. And I could tell that a lot of people were beginning to realize that at that point. And so we got all the donations. We put together these Inglewood Strong Boxes. They had a bag of groceries in them, household items that would include detergent or pine salt or Clorox wipes. Um, paper towels, tissue, and then we had hygiene kits with bar soap, toothpaste, tissue, things that you would be able to access if you were if you were able to walk into a Walgreens or walk into a Walmart. We literally put it in a box and we distribute them throughout the community. That first week we gave out six over six hundred boxes. Um, and then we looked up after the week because we were only gonna do a week, yep. right? It was gonna, it was a, <laughs> a, a, a coalition of different partners and it was gonna be a week, it was an initiative. And then we look up and we're like, what are we gonna do with this money, right? And we had a volunteer who literally came to pick up diapers because he has a baby on the way. And he was just like so overwhelmed with everything that we were doing. And like anybody who walked in that room was like, this is a grocery store. You know, this is Walmart. 
And he literally, he was like, hey, I have a truck. I could drop off some things for you. And so we like used him to like drop off some things. And he just literally came back every day. Yeah. He came back every day. And he had, he was out of work as a result of COVID-19. And so we were able to offer him a position to wow. run the program for four more weeks. And four more weeks. <laughs> And we brought in we brought in some of our growing citizen leaders. Those are talking about food insecurity and you know not having certain resources in your area. So this is their project. So now we were able to provide three um, teenagers stipends to also support the programs. But then imagine love, imagine right. Yeah. But then love kept coming back in, and then we we receive additional funding. So now we're actually running the program through summer which is traditionally a tough time for a lot of families because of childcare, just because of, you know, a lot of things that's happening, the community violence that's happening. And so right. now it's just a beautiful thing. Like Inglewood's strong. Like, what does that mean? That means we don't give up. We support each other. We're resilient. Yes. And now we're able to support people throughout the summer. And that's like pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of great stories. Yeah. Uh, so what's, what's next then? What's, you have your summer camp going. Summer camp going. Do you know how many youth are involved in this currently? So we have 25 youth involved in our summer camp. Um, again, we have to think about, we, we are literally playing ear by ear, right? Uh, and so we are wrapping up that. Uh, the second week of August, and then we're going to prepare for fall. But we don't know what fall program is going to look like because traditionally we have our Imagination Explorers program, which is our after-school program. Mm -hmm. However, because of what's happening and these plans that the schools are rolling out with kids going to be in school two days off the week and the virtual program, and we received feedback from our parents. Some people appreciated it, some people did not, right? right? Some kids have computers at home, some do not. Some have internet at home, some do not. And so the question then for us is, we're not gonna run an after-school program. We're gonna find a way to complement this virtual learning. Um, I haven't completely pitched this idea to <laughs> <laughs> some other folks, but it's, it's about we're thinking of creating a community hub where, all right, mom who works for Amazon, you have work Monday through Friday or whatever it may look like. So you can bring your kids on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whenever they're not in school, and we'll make sure that they get their virtual learning done wow. so that they have that support. Um, it's all about support. When I, when I talk about Imagine What If, we join the support system of Inglewood families. We serve children six through 18, not six, to nine. <laughs> There's a reason why we want them from six to 18. We're talking about building strong children. Yep. You have to invest in children. That doesn't look like one program one year. That looks like we're going to be with you for a while. <laughs> and so that's the fall. Pro so we have our school program. We also have our Progressionista Book Club, which is our um, all girl book club that meets once a month. And so the girls, uh, they get a fictional book. And we bring in a professional woman, usually a woman of color, mm -hmm. um, that either aligns with a theme in that book or um, a character in that book. So uh, one of our faves this year was, actually that one, is that President of the Whole Fifth Grade. Oh, yeah. It's one of our books. And so we brought in <laughs> Alderman Coleman, um, Alderwoman Coleman, mm -hmm. Stephanie Coleman of the 16th Ward, to really talk to the girls about her journey as an elected official, about having confidence, having self-esteem. Um, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful program for young girls. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the fall organization, the fall program they said mm -hmm. sounds really interesting and sounds like something I haven't heard of before. Yeah. Because like you said, some of the, the kiddos they were working with 
the feedback you have from parents is maybe they don't have access to the computers or internet, right. or it's just hard. Yeah, um, it's to stay hard. Focused. It's the, you want yeah. a parent to be a parent and a teacher? Like, and for some people, it's like, yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, parents need a break too. Yep. But then also, it's just, when you're when you're looking at the different things that they have to deal with, whether like they are concerned about how am I pay my bills or maybe mm-hmm. I lost my job because of COVID-19 or just lost it in general because the employment rate in this community is also high. Like there's a lot of other issues that families are dealing with. And so now on top of that, you want them to be a teacher, mm-hmm. which is cool. But sometimes folks need support. Right. Right. And that's that's where we come in. We meet you where you are. You gotcha. need support. We got you. So that that program would potentially mean having uh, your space be a place where people could have access to internet, computers, yep. to take their virtual classes. Yep. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. it goes well. Hopefully you, pit, you pitch it and it's successful. I yeah. know. How could it not be? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all about, uh, for us at Imagine What If, it's all about if we're faced with an issue, we have to come with a solution. And then we're also trying to be as proactive as possible, right? We're in summer camp. The schools are still rolling out their plan, but we're not going to wait. We're tired of waiting. There's no more waiting. Like we we want to be as proactive as we possibly can to make sure that families are receiving the support um, that they need. And so, I mean, long term, though, I imagine it would have needs a community center. Mm -hmm. That is the goal. Um, It was something I've had to work through a few loops and different (laughs) things to get the organization back at a good point, but when you're talking about building children mm-hmm. in a community, but also in, in the process of building children, you have to support the entire family some way, um, somehow, in, in, in having an actual community center, especially one that is ran by Imagine Inquitive because we're people from the community, right? right? I, I, I literally in, give ideas for our programming based off what I felt I would have needed what yeah. would have probably kept me from not going to summer school <laughs> for fun, but going somewhere for like, what, what would I have liked? Field trips. What would I have liked? Science experiments, right? Being around people my age and it being fun and safe and not having to worry about the things that were kind of happening, an escape, right? From things that were happening around me. And so I can't wait to open the doors of our community center. Yeah. No that- idea what that's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll give it some two That's years. That's a nice goal. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, you talked about yourself. You talked about IEI and what you guys are doing and the impact you're having on your community. Um, how could people get engaged? At what level are you looking for engagement? What engagement? <laughs> sure. Investing. Yep. Our we have a volunteer program here called I Try. Like join our tribe. Right. Give back to it. Takes a village yep. to raise a child. And the, the I, for the I tribe, stands for imagine, invest, impact. The key word is invest. And that could mean a couple of things, yes. right? Invest your time, invest your resources, invest your money, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we have tons of volunteer opportunities um, with our young people. Of course, volunteers that we have, we have them go through background checks and different things such as that to ensure that, you know, they're 
meant to be around our children. Yeah. Um, but then again, with our English Strong program, we have volunteer shifts with that as well for people to come and help sort and, and pack different items. When we work community events like the one we had today, we can always use volunteers to either help set up or break down or even just, you know, give people a friendly smile. Mm-hmm. Um, but then everything is on our website. And sometimes if people want to write a check or yeah. people want to go visit our Amazon wish list and pull some things that uh, we have for programming or for our um, you know, summer camp, they can purchase things off our Amazon wish list. They can use Amazon Smile and yes. say, Imagine Inglewood If as the organization. Not that a lot of people know do. about Amazon they, Smile. Yeah. <laughs> you think Amazon would promote it a little yeah. bit more, yeah. but literally, you just have to set a nonprofit. Imagine what if so a nonprofit <laughs> yes. as your um, organization that, and I believe five percent of everything that you buy will mm-hmm. go to us. But you have to make sure it's smile.amazon.com, right. and it's literally the same as just amazon.com. Yep. But that's another way to support us, and yeah. yeah, and social media. Just share if you just share what we're doing. Maybe someone will see it that want to get engaged in a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like. With Imagine What If or any other nonprofit, there's a way to get involved in the littlest way or the biggest way. And um, but for everybody at this time, everyone needs to be doing something. No one to just be like chilling 100 (laughs) percent. Right. This country. Look at this country. Everybody needs to be doing something. And that means creating a podcast. If that, like I said, retweeting, sharing, donating, volunteering, everyone needs to have skin in the game. Right. All right. So your website, Facebook, Instagram. Website, www.imagineinglewoodif.org. Facebook, imagineinglewoodif, dot, 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 dot. (laughs) Instagram, imagineinglewoodif. And Twitter, Twitter is, it's Imagine Inglewood, but just one E between the Imagine and the Inglewood. Okay. So it's pretty consistent. <laughs> it's pretty consistent. Google us. You'll find us. All of yep. it's on our website. So just start off at ImagineInglewoodIf.org and you'll find everything you need. All right. Any final shameless plugs you want to leave us with? Anything upcoming? Imagine Inglewood If needs a community center. We're going to get a community center. But one thing I've learned or 2020 have shown me, even with the Inglewood Strong program, that so much can happen mm-hmm. when everybody pours love into something. We're literally able to hire people, right? Support 100 families a week mm-hmm. with these boxes. And so I just really want to just continue to put that out in the air. Community center, it's time to start working to it. So anybody who wants to... Volunteer their time to help us get to that. I'm 100% for it. And I love you in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. We'll be making sure to to share this video and and share your your social media information and website afterwards so people can follow up and and get engaged, whatever that means for them. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be in touch. (laughs) 